Welcome to episode 82 of the Horror Dads podcast. Today we're going to talk about our favorite dolls from horror movies. And today John and I are joined by an incredibly special guest, Dan Kern, toy maker, sculptor, and illustrator. What's up, Dan? Hey, what's going on? Not much, man. So happy to have you on the show. You uh, kind of operate in a, a little super special niche. You, the name of your company is Dirty Gnome Studios. Yeah, do you? Correct. That's a, a super awesome kind of brand that you that you have rolling out here. And we've been checking through your site, interacting with you a lot. So just appreciate you donating some time to us. And what a fitting. You actually came up with this episode topic, which Jamie and I have this like uh, shared uh, iPhone note that's like 96 topics deep uh, of stuff that we want to get and to at counting. some point. Yeah. And this was not even on there. No. It's a brilliant episode idea. So horror dolls. And uh, we're going to do our standard introduction stuff. We're going to have, you know, Dan join us on that. And then we're going to start to pepper Dan with some interview questions and then jump to three specific horror doll oriented films that Dan handpicked and we all watched this week and can't wait to get to this. Without further ado, let's jump into what we've been watching. And Dan, since you're our guest, let's hear from you, man. What have you been watching? Uh, I mean, besides the movies uh, on our topic list, I actually did a little deep dive. It always happens when I watch uh, the Child's Play movies. I always go, I went one through four, so pretty much Child's Play, two, three, and then Bride of Chucky. Oh, nice. Those are great. Those are all great ones. Those are great. And uh, I mean, we can jump to to me next as a good caveat, because I actually started the show, uh, the Child's Play show, which I had not checked out yet. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a buddy recommend it. He said, hey, the first season's pretty good. So I rallied through the first season, which, you know, it's kind of like the Scream TV show, in my opinion, which is um, there's like pop culture relevance. It It's, you know, fitted nicely in the current time, the current landscape, and it pays homage to, uh, you know, the past chuckiness. But it's it's like super meta, too. And like Jennifer Tilly's in it, but they refer to her as Jennifer Tilly. And uh, it's pretty self-aware. So there are layers of they toy around with it, the meta universe a lot. So it's, you know, it's fun. Um, I'd rather have it than not have it for sure. Well, the Don Mancini, the fact that Don Mancini is the showrunner. Yeah. Really exactly. uh, adds to just that you feel like you're watching Chucky 20 years later. You yeah, know? dude. And Brad Dorff is back. As, yeah. And I, I think it's his daughter, uh, Fiona Dorff, that is also in the show. Uh, she's got a pretty. And she was in The Curse and. The Curse of Chucky and yeah, yeah, or the Cult. I don't. Those last two. Yeah, it's so it's fun. Uh, I'm I'm glad I started to dive into it a little bit, but I also checked out a few others. I checked out Sick, the Kevin Williamson written uh, oh, yeah. show uh, movie on Peacock. So that was fun. Um, that's the first movie I think I've watched since the pandemic, where I I started to get like really bad flashbacks of like because he's in the grocery store and that beginning opening scene and that legitimately man that felt yeah. so much like what it was like those first few weeks yeah they um, they nailed the the feel for sure yeah and then i also checked out the menu and uh i thought that was good you know i i liked i think i liked sick more than the menu but two totally different completely yeah, yeah. different completely different movies and i also checked out house of darkness last night um threw it on just as a little aside and then accidentally stayed up until like 1 30 in the morning finishing it and uh justin long 
you know, we love the hell out of him and he's great. And the movie was like really solid, man. Pretty he's effective. become this like, uh, he, he like now fits in this little it's, space it's where like, he's like a, a fucking turd, you know? <laughs> oh like yeah. A, yeah. Like his he's like character a funny type. turd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just always a, a shit bag now. Yeah. Just, but humor tuck right in here. Like yeah. a little piece of cat shit. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. That scene at the end when he's like, and then they go in the shower and then they come out again. Yeah, and like, he's just like, like yeah, he's a turd. He's a yeah. douche. Yeah. Uh, but Jamie, I know, I think we're probably three for three in step with what I've been watching. What you've been watching <laughs> yeah. So I also, uh, the menu, I don't, I, I dug it. I thought it was fine for one watch. Um, I was intrigued. Uh, sick. I felt like I just was, I feel like I'm not far enough removed from COVID to appreciate the COVID element of this movie. Um, yeah. I just felt like it's like, I don't know. I don't need, if it was maybe a year or two earlier, uh, when I'm still in it, it would have hit more. Uh, or maybe like ten years from now, when it's like, oh, I remember that. But now it's like, I don't Fucking need to be reminded. Of this. Ten years so from it's now, been like, like three oh, years. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I did like sick. Um, the Kevin Wayne's from Touch, obviously, all in on that. Um, I also started watching the Chucky TV show, uh, one episode deep, but loved it so far. Thought it was really funny. Yeah. And um, I, I love the setup. Devin Sawa, what the fuck? Oh, dude. I wouldn't have even known that was him if I didn't see his I name know. in like the IMDb. Um, hey, you get to play two characters. Yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Wait till season two. And he's guys. another one, by the way, that's become, his archetype now has just become kind of a bad guy. Yeah. Um, I realized that I took this weird trip a couple years ago down like real shitty action movies like Expendables and Expendables like four. Uh, but what? which led me to watching the movie Escape Plan with uh, Sylvester Stallone, and then I watched the sequel Escape Plan, whatever the fuck. And Devin Sawa was a bad guy in it, and I remember thinking, like, is this his resurgence? Is this his late career resurgence? Was like a bad guy in shitty action movies. Uh, and so it was nice to see him in this, actually. Uh, but the one movie that I watched that you didn't watch, I'm hoping. Uh, is the miniseries? It's on Hulu. The Stephen King miniseries, "The Storm of the Century," no, from I didn't. 1999, uh, which it? focuses on like a really deep, like fucking snowstorm hitting the island, like off the coast <sighs> of Massachusetts or Maine. Um, so, dude, so like it's a TV movie, right? So, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. get all those, but so fucking like intriguing and just you know you're watching a book. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, and like the main bad guy in that. He's very like Hannibal Lecter-ish. So, dude, so well done. Like I love his performance and uh Tim Daly, the guy from Wings, the other guy from Wings, like Oh my god. Real are you serious? Yeah. So yes. the, uh, the they, for some reason the they other, love the Wings other characters. Guy is yeah. The guy in the shining <laughs> yeah. and the other guy is the guy in this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's on Hulu. I I would really recommend watching that this winter. Cool. Way cool. Yeah, I've been like really trying to find some wintery stuff and uh even so we both we watched blood relatives for our never seen it segment which we do on patreon yep um which i guess we is another thing we watched this this uh this past cycle but um i I like the movie a whole lot but it takes place in texas uh and i I was felt so weird like it's midwinter here watching it yeah yeah yeah. the aesthetics it looks pretty it's it's beautiful but i just i wasn't feeling it for for that you know the the scenery basis of it though i like the movie a whole lot uh so yeah that's a great recommendation but keeping to your point uh, of the new movie every week uh 
I've been jumping on this as well. I was like, I'll yeah, jump on this bandwagon because why not? Turns out we watched the same three fucking movies. You and I. So. I don't even know if we talked. Like, <laughs> we did. We talked we, about it was a couple. Not coordinated. Them, but yeah, not coordinated. Uh, but no, I, I wanted to do that too. Yeah, jump on, man. There's <laughs> I'm plenty so, of space I'm, here. I'm, I'm behind on so many movies. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, jump jump on the uh, one movie a week bandwagon. When we You're uh, welcome. When we started this podcast, John and I were terrible about watching oh, uh, new movies, but it also sort of coordinates with the fact that like new horror has just like gotten better, really risen above the ranks of. Yeah, it must be our podcast. It's got to be. Yeah, I don't know what else it would be. Right, the correlation. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about what we've been uh, buying. Dan, anything new in your world that you've been purchasing? Uh, as you guys, I'm a vinyl collector. Yes. So uh, I got uh, Friday the 13th, a couple of them. Oh, I got nice. part three now. And then I, you know, they came out with, uh, I think, four, five, and six or something. So I did Jason Lives as well. So, oh, yeah. But that doesn't come until May. Yeah, they take so a little wait for that one. Yeah, so, I, so Which, Waxwork. Waxwork did a reprint of a lot of the stuff that was sold out, it seems. Yes. Yeah. Um, and since our last recording, I guess we had a Friday 13th, right? On January 13th. We so, did. Um, uh, so they, I think yeah. they coordinated that re-release of those yep. for that, which is awesome. I love that they do that. So every time you have a Friday the 13th coming up, you know Waxwork is going to come through on something. Yeah, man. We got a... I think I have one through eight behind me, so we're... Yeah, I'm all caught up as well. We're we're stock stocked up with you, man. That's that's great. Um, so I picked up. I think we talked about this the last episode, uh, but it hadn't dropped. The pre-order had not yet. But our buddies in Toxic Coffin uh, released the uh, Lost Boys shirt. Lost Boys. Yeah. So I went with the Midnight Blue nice. option on that. Did uh, you go T or long? I went T. Yeah, I went T. Oh, that's right. Because they they only had the Midnight option for the T. Yeah. Because I ordered the long sleeve, I saw you asking them what the midnight was, and I was like, what the fuck is this midnight? Yeah, I was talking to Steven, I was yeah. like, which, which one should I do? And he was like, oh God, it's a lot of pressure. He's like, if you don't like the midnight <laughs> blue, I'll send you a black, but get the midnight blue. Yeah. So that's what I did. Nice. Uh, but I've been looking up, you know, looking at, eyeing up some other stuff. Uh, but we, you know, we, we have a collaboration coming up here with our buddy Jillian from Smell of Fear. So oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about it too preemptively. We'll Ooh, give details scandal. when available. Yeah, but we've got a a collab with our buddy nice. there, which is going to be super exciting. And another amazing designer we've had on the show. We have a, a pending collaboration coming up uh, with him. So we'll drop details when available on that. And our buddy, Matt Pepler, has two amazing, amazing designs that he shared with me uh, prior to drop. So everyone keep an eye out. I think this coming week, he's going to drop two new prints. And one of them is for one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm sure everyone could guess what that is that listens to the show regularly. Uh, but yeah, he gave me a peek behind the curtain on that because he knows how much I love the movie. So super stoked on that. But Jamie, you been buying anything? Yeah, I mean, I got the long sleeve Toxic Coffin tea. Um, this like is, I said, adding my long sleeve collection. Welcome to another episode of Same Dads where the same two yes. guys do the same two Just things. the same, same thing day. over and over. <laughs> Have you guys seen some of... Uh... QF Chris's uh, new stuff lately. Yes, oh, man. so good. He's, he's just the best. We talked to him last the week. Actually, new blood. Yeah. Oh yeah. Print. Yeah yeah yeah. Q, QFS Chris. Uh, he can he, do no wrong. He does this very specific uh, illustration style. So if you see a, one of his pieces, you're like, "That's Chris." No, it's a, it's like you can feel it. Yeah, the texture is <laughs> like very. Dude, immense. honestly, uh, it is like, yeah. like it's chewy. Yeah. 
<laughs> Very. Um, who was it we were talking to that had uh, we were, we had a guest on the show and they had a Q, uh, QFS Chris uh, print behind them and the whole time like I just kept wanting to talk about it but they like kept talking, we talking and, about like, Lauren Marie Taylor that's exactly yeah. who it was and like she you know she had mentioned quickly that her brother bought a couple posters and I was like she probably didn't buy this I don't want to bring it up but so I, I was texted so pumped Chris about it after yeah. that episode and I was like hey we just talked to Lauren Marie Taylor and she had one of your prints behind behind her and he was like oh my god she's such a sweetheart I talked to her for an hour at whatever convention uh, so she is great he is great and yeah, definitely check out his shop for some new drops. Oh, my God. Quote Face Studios. Yeah. What are you wearing, boys? Jamie, let's start with you, because you're the, the lone. Yes, yeah. So, uh, underneath this is a chiseled man body. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm wearing the uh, a shirt. That's, it's not horror, but uh, it's one of our favorite guests of all time that we've had on the show. Uh, our buddy Gabe Reasoner from his band Careful Gaze. Uh was gracious enough to send John and I shirts and he sent uh, this tie dye a hand bleached uh shirt with like uh wolf like a box of wolf eyes yeah. on it. Uh but over top of that, as you can see is my scream hoodie that I got from what the the Jeff Bezos collection. Yeah, this is an Amazon special <laughs> unnamed uh illustrator unfortunately, but it's but it's, it's like, like 80s neon. This looks like if uh AC Slater in Saved by the Bell had a scream <laughs> piece of clothing, it would <laughs> like be fucking tank. that. It would be a tank top. 100%. Uh it's like the perfect 90 like late 80s early 90s colors. It's it's awesome. It's, Dude, I'm going to start I, doing I bicep that. curls so that I can fucking <laughs> You do using that like thing that the kid in the Goonies uses, the brother, <laughs> Josh Brolin or whatever. Like, <laughs> you're gonna have a sweatband on your head. Yeah, and then in July I'm just gonna be wearing a cut off <laughs> sleeve hoodie. Oh man, Jamie, yeah. got some biceps going. That's right. Yeah. I'm sweating super heavily <laughs> under this thing. Dan, what uh what do you have on, man? I've got uh gutter garbs bride of Chucky. Oh shit, oh. dude, perfect. So a little foreshadowing. Yeah, uh Fright Rags also speaking of Chucky just dropped a couple new Chucky oriented designs if I'm not mistaken. And one of them it was Fright Rags, right? With the uh there's the one illustration of Jennifer Tilly's character with Chucky lying on the pentagram and there's some like funny quote above it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I've got my I'm back in my crew necks. I found my my lost long crewnecks in a box. Finally, uh, talked about this last <laughs> yeah. episode, but I have my first yes. thing I noticed when I walked in was that <laughs> my cavity colors. Uh, <laughs> I had this on at the gym the other the other day for a minute uh, before I like went in to start lifting, and this guy <laughs> like muttered, he was like, oh, "That's that's scary," and I was like, oh, God, "Do I like it, pretend I didn't hear it, or do I talk about like what what do I do?" Um, cop between a handshake. It's like, and why are you afraid of clowns? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's my my Pennywise melting face Pennywise uh, crew neck from Cavity Colors. I love this. So uh, family stuff. So you know, Dan, I know. You, so you're not a, a a parent at this point in life, right? I am not. Uh, which is okay, but we'll share some stories with you about about our families, and you know, I can, go for it. I can kick this off. So uh, typically, we aim to hit a quick horror story on what's going on with our kids, but this i guess is horror oriented trans you know transversely so my youngest daughter every time now um the past like 
three sessions that I'm like, oh, hey, Uncle Uncle Jamie's coming over tonight. I'm not going to be able to, you know, read read with you guys tonight. So I got to go set up for the podcast. Uh, she's like adamant on coming and setting up Jamie's workstation. <laughs> so she comes down here and she knows where all the plugs go. She's five, right? So um, she is mobile and has a brain and learns things. But like, it's really cool to see her working independently, like picking up the right cord, <laughs> plugging in to the right uh, uh, interface and knowing where stuff goes. And uh, it's been super awesome. So she's definitely shown an interest in some production. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So you go to publish this and I just have no sound. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? Oh, you uh, mine actually pertains to uh, the TV series Chucky because uh, it was the other day my kids were playing on their iPads or playing Fortnite or something. Uh, so I went in with my wife. It was like early in the evening, like 7 p.m. or something. Uh, too early for us to think that we could watch something by ourselves. Oh, yeah. I take it back. It was like m- middle of the day on Sunday, like 1 p.m. before football started. I mean, way too early to think you could watch something Insanely too yeah. early. But the kids are in one room. You think if we go in this room, maybe. Yeah. So I turned Chucky on. Actually, you know what? I take this back. I was by my fucking self. Go in the li- were you go- here for this story or were you not here <laughs> for this Go in the story? family room. I'm making this up as I go. Uh, so I go in the family room by myself at this weird hour of the day. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to put Chucky on. So I put Chucky on. Here comes the wife. Sits down. I was like, oh, no. Three minutes later, here come the kids. And uh, I was like, listen, I'm watching the show. You guys shouldn't watch. Now, my oldest son, who's nine, fucking hates Chucky. He was like, no! He just starts like making a big scene, (laughs) but also won't leave the room. So I'm like, if you're not going to leave the room, you're watching. That's on you. Yeah. Yeah. So we get into this fucking thing, right? And like, at one point, like once Chucky shows his face, rears his ugly head, my youngest son is like, his face was fucking priceless. Like I look down and he's just like, uh, like jaw agape. And then he's the one that loves horror, but he was like fucking mortified. And the oldest is like under a blanket the entire time. Uh, but they both, I think the oldest one had nightmares the next day. They watched the whole thing. Yeah, uh, even their I shut it off like towards the end. The cussing started getting a little extreme, and so they 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 interview Chucky in this metaverse again in the second season. It's either before an episode or after, and Chucky like as Brad Dorff is talking about it, and he says, "Yeah, I get ten fucks an episode that I'm allowed to say. I can't mm. say more than ten fucks." Um, so th- honestly, that watching that show is like watching a radar movie, and it's yeah. on NBC. Oh, I thought it was like sci-fi or something. Well, I, I've been watching it through. Peacock app? Well, the second season, I had to download the NBC app, and I was like, I oh. already have a fucking Peacock app. Hmm. And then I had to log in with my like cable provider credentials, which uh, is one weird. Of those, yeah. yeah. So I think we've spent enough time talking about that TV show. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let's... Uh, <laughs> we should be getting some free download links yeah, for that. Yeah, seriously. Um, also, I don't know... I mean, I get why, because it's a tangible thing that our children are familiar with. But my kids also are so terrified at the concept of Chucky. They've never seen the movies. Yeah. They've ne- but just the idea of it. And yes. I guess, like, it is think scary. of how many dolls are in the yeah. house. Yeah. That's what makes that show so relative now. Anybody yeah. can relate to that. For sure. Your kids, us as kids. I mean, And that's what this episode is, right? It's, it's horror dolls. Exactly. So, yeah. I have to say, the show... Again, I'm only one episode in, but so much fucking better than the new movie. 
I like the new movie. I, I, mean, I like I the show. I didn't hate yeah. the movie. I like the show. But to and me, I like the, the show is so much more true to the original. You know, what I didn't like about the the um the remake was how Chucky looked. The one where he's kind of like Terminator meets Chucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I that, agree. It's the way I never Robert saw that. I, 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 I boycotted that. I just didn't want it to ruin my my <laughs> yeah. love of Chucky. So I just not watching it at all. Uh, it yeah. I mean, it could be worse. It definitely could be. I they uh, stick to the apartment theme. I enjoyed it way more than I thought it would. Yeah. All right, couple quick plugs, and then we'll roll into some interview questions for Dan, our buddy here. So if you like the show, please consider supporting us. There are a couple of different ways you can do that. We do have a Patreon. So we have a $5 tier and a $10 tier on Patreon. Uh, we have bonus content, bonus episodes. We do a few per, uh, per month, and we uh, do a, you know, you, the number that you get depends on the tier that you subscribe to. So we have a segment where we watch a new movie every month that patrons vote on. As I mentioned, this month's was Blood Relatives, and uh, we do bonus episodes. We're going to have our wives on again uh, for the January bonus episode, which will release probably Sunday. And uh, a lot of good content over there, so I hope you guys uh, check that out. Also, we have a website, horrordads.com, if you're interested in some, uh, some merch. We package, ship, uh, prep all of those from this very room. We've got. Uh, a little micro uh, business down here for, for merch shipments. So we appreciate all the love and support on that front. You know, we, uh, we have a, a listener out in England who's supporting us and uh, has reached out. So we're coordinating, making sure he can get a package. Uh, so we don't ship internationally at this point in time, but uh, we can make some arrangements one off if you want to reach out. If you're an international listener, please hit us up and let us know. Uh, in addition to that, Leaving us a review goes a super, super long way. That's a, a no-cost, uh, only-time way to support the show. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts are the, the two main uh, vehicles to be able to, to do that. So that goes a super long way. So please uh, consider giving us a five-star review. And check us out on social media, basically everywhere, at Horror Dads. Uh, Facebook, Instagram is our primary, and we are also on Twitter. So with that being said, do you guys want to get into it? Yeah, let's get dolled up, John. <laughs> let's fucking do it. All right. Well, now that Jamie brought us in with getting dolled up, we're going to talk some dolls and some sculpting here. So, Dan, I mean, we've had a ton of different uh, artist types on this show, but you for sure are the first of this specific craft. And this is very like very niche, very specific, very interesting. And you're super talented, man. Like your shop shop is, is, yeah, is amazing. So um, tell Dude, us looking about through. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but looking through like your page, your Instagram page, it's like, oh my God. And you can see that uh, all the love and detail that goes into those. It's, it's amazing. So uh, tell us about, so your shop name is Dirty Gnome, Dirty Gnome Studios. So tell us about the name. And right. then tell us about what you do with Dirty Gnome Studios. I mean, I guess for the name, it was, I mean, in, in college, I went to art, art school and it was illustration. So it was like D current illustrations. I was like, that's just so limiting. And all these other companies and other artists always had cool names. And I was like, I got to do something different. Yeah. So there's kind of a uh, weird story behind it. Um, I think it started when I went snowboarding 
I had a beanie and then I grew out my beard. And I think just the way I was standing on the snowboard, someone's like, dude, you look like a dirty gnome or something. And I think just (laughs) one day that just clicked. And I think it was actually today was like eight years ago when I got the logo designed by one of my friends. To the day? Today's the anniversary? Yeah, pretty much. I think so. Well, that's very fortuitous. Congratulations. Yeah, very awesome. Year in business. And I was like, oh man, eight years. That's that's crazy. <laughs> so I'm a, gone. As as fellow like entrepreneurs that a couple years ago had a passion and an interest in something specific and decided, hey, we're going to make the plunge and 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 do something with this. Um, uh, tell us about like what that journey was for you and 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 kind of what led you and inspired you to you know focus on this uh, specific niche of of art. I, I think it kind of happened by accident. I mean, I didn't really didn't get into sculpting until my senior year or whatever you want to call it of college, uh, messing around. And then this was before Funko and all those other <laughs> and NECA making a big comeback. So there wasn't any horror figures or if they were, they were expensive as hell. Couldn't afford them. So I would just make my own and then, uh, discovered a company, They've probably been around 10 years now, maybe, but they're called Plastic Cell. And it's just the the blank base figure uh, that I use and sculpt clay on top of. Oh, nice. So, so that's most of my figures now, just because it's the quality of figure is a lot more durable um, to work with. So you, you basically have a shell and then you mold clay over it that you then um, give you know, details. So you, you, what you paint that, right. do you airbrush? Like tell us about like the materials and the process a little bit. Uh, so I use super Sculpey. I know it's not the preferred clay to use because it is fragile and it can break. Um, it's just what I was using. So that's just what I got used to. And it's kind of hard to go, <laughs> go back now. Yeah. Um, and then I use acrylic paints and pretty much the Sculpey clay is one that's soft until you bake it. So, I mean, a lot of people bake it in their oven. I don't do that. I use a heat gun or I had this old pot on the top of my stove that I heat boiling water and then I'll dunk the figure in uh, to cure the clay. Oh, cool, cool. I was going to ask about that. So it it has a a plastic core, but it's, I guess, like, who gives a shit at that point, right? Because it's... You know, you're heating it up. Well, yeah, I mean, like the the blank figure that I use is like a plaster and plastic mix. I don't know what it is, but it's you can heat it. But yeah, you heat it enough, it'll be toxic. So that's, you know, it's not not a good thing. But um, I don't know. I just yeah, it's just it's a really cool blank figure to use. And I mean, they have somewhat features that you can kind of play off of and teeth and stuff. And then um, I just use the heat gun to break him up and use glue and wires and get him to the pose that I want and kind of go from there. It's just, it's kind of funny. People always ask, you know, how long does it take you to do one of these? And it depends on the figure. And then if I have the idea and I know the character enough, I can knock it out in a good amount of time. It just depends what it is. So I don't know. I don't, it's just one of those things I accidentally got into. Yeah. It, it- Really intrigued me as to how you got into that. Is it is sculpting like were you into models and shit as a kid? Because that seems like something that you have to be very precise and yep. uh, time consuming. And 
I feel like I would just end up throwing clay against the wall, telling it to fuck off. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've been involved in art my whole life. My dad's an artist, uh, went to art school. So it's just kind of something that's happened. But I, th- I mean, I've been drawing my whole life, but then one day I discovered clay and it's just kind of, it's kind of hard to go back at times because I see stuff 3d and then trying to go back to 2d it, that the transit, you know, it doesn't translate as often. It takes me a little while to get my mind back into 2d. So yeah, I know it's a crazy journey, but I mean, there's a lot of artists out there that do, you know, similar stuff to me and they're just awesome as well. But I only do one of that figure. Like, I'll see other artists. They'll make one. They'll do casts of it, and they'll make a bunch. Oh, I don't have that kind of. I don't have that time and the money to do that. So I make one figure. I'll make tons of the the same character, but they'll all be different. It'll not be exactly the same. That's cool that you get that personalized touch. Yeah, for sure. I try, and and I mean, I could I'll I could send you guys a picture early stuff to now, and it's like it's crazy how. You know, they say practice makes perfect. Yeah. You work with it, some you know, craft long enough. It's it's amazing what your end result can be. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, well, I accidentally heard a snippet from one of our really early episodes of this podcast, and I was cringing. I was like, "Oh my god, we published that," <laughs> and that's something that people that listen early on hear, and it's probably detracting them from continuing on this journey with us or like music production, even from like three years ago in the moment, I was like, this sounds pretty good. And I listen to it now and I'm like, Oh my God, terrible. Well, I mean, you've got some great stuff on your site. So how all of the, the stuff on your uh, story envy shop uh, seems to be horror related. So how do you go about selecting the pieces you work on? Uh, Is this like commission-based stuff and people commission you to make stuff specifically? Or do you uh, get a creative itch, you know, while you're going throughout your week and you're like, oh, man, I got to do a leather face because I I love the movie? Or I guess what's your process on selecting what you make? It's got a little of both. I mean, there's uh, a guy last year, I think he had eight pieces from me total last year that made my year. Um, it just depends. I mean, a lot of my business just comes from people liking the stuff I post and then say, Hey, could you do this figure? Or, you know, I want to, you know, et cetera, but it kind of, it depends. I, I, it all started with just sculpting figures and characters I was a fan of and kind of blossomed from there. People were like, Oh, I want that figure. Or, Hey, could you do this one? Or et cetera. I mean, I just finished a two space figure and i just did that because i wanted to do that figure yeah so it's 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 kind of yeah it's a little both so for reference we've got on your shop coming through here now we've got art the clown from terrifier we've got Ghostface, captain spaulding leatherface a couple different variations of jason Voorhees, pennywise the clown some awesome stuff on here and this jaws thing is is really cool too uh yeah my 3d painting yeah Do you, do you have a piece that you are most proud of? Like, do you ever make one and you're like, I can't sell this because I like it too much. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, the funny thing is that's a lot of them. I'm like, man, <laughs> this one turned out really awesome. And I'm like, I don't want to sell it. Keep but... it on my shelf. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, I do, con- I think I've done five conventions over the last, you know, 
so many years and you get, uh, you know, I get decent feedback, but then it's always people are like, Oh, these are cool. And then they'll leave. And I'm like, Hey, where are you going? You got to come back. <laughs> so I'm hoping to do one. Uh, I didn't do any last year, which was weird. I usually, I've usually done at least one to two to the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but we got a Colorado one coming up. So I'm hopefully going to do that. Cause I have a lot of inventory. I would nice. like to uh, move on from. They need new homes. Also, did I see a uh, Nightbreed? Oh, yeah, I did uh, Dr. Decker. Yeah. Damn, dude. That's a deep dig right that there. That is a little deep cut. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, I'm a huge Clyde Barker fan. Yeah. I have two uh, Hellraiser tattoos. Oh. I love uh, Nightbreed. On the same arm. I'm not a huge <laughs> Hellraiser guy, but love Nightbreed. John is. I I think you just don't really like Clive, Clive Parker. I love I love Dan, yeah, but I, I don't love Clive Parker. <laughs> Dan, I totally right. understand. Let, let me. I'm gonna say this sentence out right out loud right now. All right. I would be more excited to meet you in person than I would Clive Parker. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that uh, that uh, for you, um, you know lessens the blow of the news that I don't like uh, Clive Barker that much, hey, which is probably good. not news because I've mentioned it. John, have you ever times. actually read Clive Barker? Yeah, I have one, one book I've read. It, it hasn't been any of his biggies. Yeah. Um, and it was, I can't remember, like, it was a very distant relative that I don't interact with <laughs> barely at all, who was like trying to be nice. Like and they cousin's came. boyfriend or something. And it was one of those things where, like, hey, I got you something. And I was like, what? what? Why? Why? Oh. Yeah. And it was a Clive Barker book. And I was like, well, it's actually, like, really thoughtful. You yeah. know, I'm into this kind of thing. And I barely know you. And, like, we never talk. So thanks for doing this. And they were like, hey, did you read it? And I was like, oh, it's next on my list. And I was like, well, God, now I got to read it. Yeah. So I read the one thing. But it was, like, a really short. It was, only, it was a novella. It was only, like, 85 pages yeah. or something. I got the books of blood. Hey. And it's, I mean, it's great. Yeah. I totally understand. You either love it or you don't. Yeah, maybe... You know, I, I, I do really, really enjoy books, so that might change things for me. You know, just the 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 woman in the, the first Hellraiser movie with the sex stuff, like I know, yeah, the fetish. From, it's, yeah. I, that's not your thing at all. It's the just fetish, not yeah. my thing. <laughs> no, even in the Howling, which I love dearly, like that little point. I'm not like trying to be high and mighty about shit like, <laughs> go to fucking church john I, i'm not <laughs> i know it sounds that sounds like the corner i'm coming from but like that crusty ass like place they're no, in the, in the, the beginning. mattress dude oh my it's so God, dude. so dirty and gross that's classic 80s new york come on oh. which i fucking love but give give me away yeah, from no, like I, that weird creepy house with the the mattress and i'm not into like that. the beginning of what is it uh maniac oh dude just, that that corner yes. of like the beginning of the burning <laughs> well that little section when he goes up not the very beginning but like after oh, like yeah, post, yeah 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 post post burn, burn. yes yes yeah, and dude. he does the that's the same maniac yeah that's the same they were probably like oh hey i know you just got done filming but we're gonna sweep yeah. in real quick just don't even clean up also this is where we filmed basket case correct okay <laughs> yes we're gonna right pop that in the credits yep um all right man so Growing up, you said your your father was an artist. Um, so mm -hmm. your family was encouraging of of your craft, it seems. Uh, and uh, very much so. So, were was your household like a family household, or did you like discover and enjoy horror kind of in quiet, or was it like a a, a presence in your home growing up? 
getting deep well, here. Well, it's funny. Yeah, my mom's like, I don't get how you got into horror because you were scared of it so much as a kid. And I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I saw that really shitty, you know, store-bought Freddy mask. What do you expect me, my response to be <laughs> besides I'm freaking scared because that thing looked like crap. Everything. Um, no, I think it was more ruined. or less just uh, things over time. I mean, I always read the Goosebumps books, watched Scooby-Doo, oh, yeah. the Munsters. Oh, dude, Scooby-Doo. I mean. Yeah. Adam Stanley, throwback. What was. And then freaking just high school, I think, was the big thing. Was just, you know, back in the day when we had video stores, rest in peace. We'd rent movies all the time. Just get a big old stack and just watch as many horror movies as we could. Did you have like a horror companion with you in high school? Like a friend or a relative? Yeah, uh, one of my best friends. Considering I was new to Florida, I didn't know anybody. So it's like. You know, you meet that that person just, you know, you clicked with, you know, it was always music and then horror movies. And it was just, yeah, it's yeah. been uh, been a hell of a ride. So, yeah. <laughs> did, did, did you have one movie that changed uh, the narrative for you that took you out of like, all right, I know I know that uh, vintage Freddy mask has been flashing in my brain, but I think I get it now. Was there one that that did it for you? Uh, I mean, it's, I don't know exactly when, but I, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's one of your guys' favorite Halloween that, that, yeah. you know, like so many others changed it. It was, the, it was, I think it was one of my babysitters rented it and said, all right, you can watch it, but if you get scared, you can't tell on me. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> it's just a little stuff like that. And then I think, you know, growing up with HBO and all that stuff and I was an only child. so. If mom was at work and I was home alone, had to find something to do. So I just skimmed through the freaking TV and, you know, you watch all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I know it's like very romantic to say like, oh, I've got my (laughs) one experience or my one movie or my one whatever. Uh, It's, it's too many to recall. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, I mean, and for me too, like I, I got very into the idea of horror and interacting with it probably um, like around 10 or 11 with, with scream. And just, just prior to that, I, you know, I saw uh, Halloween six curse of Michael Myers and the burbs and like all those movies. Uh, But I I would say it was in high school when I really started to get uh, obsessive with it and, and, and seek things out and, you know, kind of get contrary with my parents about it who were like, they didn't care, but they were kind of like, are you like too into this shit? And it was like, no, I'm just a teenager, dad. Like, fuck off. I'm going to watch all the Friday the 13th. And everyone's like, all right, take it easy. Um, that's, you know, that's yeah. Like how you, how you yeah. get in life. Jeez. Take it easy. John. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, dad. I know you're listening. I love you. Do you have any like specific subgenre of horror that you grab? gravitate toward most based off of what's on your shop like slashers are definitely in the mix on oh yeah totally a slasher kid you know it's 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 amazing how many of these movies you watch or you'll see the box but then you're not brave enough to rent and then you catch them later in life you're like shit i've been staring at this forever and this movie's awesome you know like yeah i feel like uh what was one i always used to watch 
Uh, it wasn't really a slasher, but it, it's one of my favorite movies because it actually came out on my birthday. But Night of the Creeps. Oh that, my god! That yeah. poster is just one of the, is one of the yeah. best because I I always remember seeing that. And I was like, man, that looks so cool, but I don't know if I can handle it. Yeah. And then you know you find out years later, you're like, wow, this movie is amazing. What was I waiting for? Yeah. And so, also, I certainly could have handled it. Yeah, that one's right. Very yeah. fun. I, honestly, the most like upsetting looking scene in that movie is probably in the beginning. <laughs> so it probably uh, detracted a lot of kids because that like corpse fucking bone guy coming toward yeah. Tom Adkins, you know, when when his the, uh, when his crush like gets crushed. Fifty seven Chevy or yeah. whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, that that movie is such a good one, and it's funny too, Dan. To your point about the the boxes and you're like like i had what was it uh what the one with the, the is it monkey shines like uh, with the symbols the, on the front mm-hmm. uh i was always so scared of that growing up and then i remember seeing it and i was like oh okay well i definitely should this a little bit of a letdown in fact like and that this is a wasn't disturbing scary. cover though but that cover man yeah. like so any other artists uh dan that you you know pull inspiration from or that kind of compel you to do the work that you do there's too many i mean plastic cells is a big big one just the company it's like four or five brothers from california and that's all they do like i think one of their big pieces they've been working on is shredder they did all the turtles they did shredder i think uh they've got something else up their sleeve but i mean they make you know hundreds of them and just sitting on a table all hand painted it's just it's crazy. Um, I'm not a toy maker, but if I was, I think my uh, inspiration would be Connell Cochran. Uh, <laughs> I mean, talk about Master horror brands. Yeah. yeah. Master, I'll uh, make this toy to kill your whole family but, and the entire human race. But on a serious <laughs> note, uh, I feel like for your style, Dan, a uh, Leslie Vernon would be an amazing uh, piece. You did one, right? Do you have one? Mm-hmm. I've oh done it. Yeah. I didn't see I it do. on there. Dude, well, that's fitting because yeah, I feel I like it would just I, like. I was gonna say, if it's not on there, I do have one. I feel like the style yeah, would be perfect just, for you. Oh man, I've done yeah, I've done two, and uh, uh, shoot, names escaping me, but he's he's liked it and he's commented on it. Um, Nathan Basil. actor that played Leslie. Oh, Nathan, yeah, Basil, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I mean, I've had a couple of celebrities. I did a Candyman and Tony Todd uh, liked it, so oh, you know, dude. here and there, yeah. and then even. Uh, I think at one of my conventions, it was right when, I know you guys aren't fans, but Terrifier was getting big. It was the first one. And David Howard Thornton came by and he's like, hey, you need some Art the Clown on here. So <laughs> I think I've made five of them now. So That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, he, he is an awesome dude in general. And, you know, I think uh, Jamie and I have come around to recognize and understand that there's a place in the world for Terrifier. We, uh, we aren't the most enormous fans, but you know, I think part two was an impressive step in, in our minds, uh, considering well, the, the crazy thing is that I think COVID helped them Yeah, because they were able to go back and really work on a lot of this stuff. Um, sure. Damien yeah. was saying because they had to shut down. So it was just him and David and they were like, that's why a lot of those gory scenes are, as intense as they are because they were able to plan them out so much. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, 
definitely came across on screen. Holy crap. Well, that's the cool thing is that, you know, he does all the special effects, most of it anyways, for his movies, which is awesome. I think that's why that's another thing that I've grown to love. And as an artist, I see things and I'm a very visual person. So I think, you know, definitely seeing practical effects and all that stuff is just really what draws even a stronger love for the horror genre as well. Yeah. yeah. Have you spent any time interacting with like uh, FX designs, practical effects designs for, for film or anything like that? I would love to. I actually almost went to Tom Savini's uh, school after college. Yeah. But I had enough enough debt, and I didn't really want to live. I think it, Delaware. It's in I really didn't uh, want Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah. It's actually, oh, is it okay? Well, like, that would have been a little bit. I don't know if they do student loans at the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so the yeah, thing. I didn't. I didn't. I think you I have to pay in cash. Like as you walk in, no check. We uh, we actually I was, live really, I was tapped out, so. really close to where that school is. I mean, like an hour. That's but, awesome. Yeah, close, close. Well, when we when we went to the Monroeville Mall. Uh, horror convention uh i'm sorry that i said it that way i was gonna say horror con and that's yeah convention <laughs> yeah. yeah e-horror convention you've heard of it uh, mm-hmm. lots of nuns there um anyways the they had the like a a little like display with um or an exhibit i should say with some of the uh students from his school since it's so close uh doing like a hand no, exhibit that you could watch yeah crazy talent as a fan of the genre and as a, a as a toy maker, I, I'm sure you're a collector, right? So any specific mm-hmm. horror merch that you're adamant on collecting, like do you have a hundred thousand Funko Pops or six hundred vinyls or I like- have a few. No, it's funny, is if I buy a Funko Pop, I usually customize it. Oh. <laughs> I'll cut it apart and I'll customize it and make it better. So uh I, love I have a few just that who I've gotten from friends and stuff, but yeah. I mean, no, I'm I've got I've got you know a few uh, NECA's. Really love the Universal Monsters. That's another piece of my childhood. Yeah, so oh, yeah, for sure, man. But the horror vinyls, we both collect those. Well, I mean, it's it's a lot better now because you know it's the artwork is it's what draws you in. On a, yeah, and then of course, if you have that love for that movie, that's even better. Yeah, so. I mean, Do you have any on your radar? Oh, I think next for me is uh, Escape from New York. Yeah, I won't. Escape. I actually just got Escape from New York. Oh yeah, how is it? Vinyl. Ah, it's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, then yeah, I'll buy I got it, it at. Uh, you sold uh, me, Dan. He's gonna buy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, was, I mean, I found it at a, a, a place here in Denver called Wax Tracks. Mm. I mean, they got all kinds of vinyls. Nice. So I was like, I'm looking in John Carpenter section, and that's what I found. Well, I mean, any anyone that has, that has a John Carpenter jo- section, that's a place to go. See me sleeping in that section, <laughs> just between two little plastic flaps. Hey, do you have the uh, John Carpenter sleeping bags over here? <laughs> by chance, the last one, the last horror vinyl I bought yeah, was probably they, the Sleepy Hollow. Ah, <laughs> oh, I missed out on that. I yeah. wanted that so badly, and I, I just. I'm oh, glad, I wasn't able to I'm glad you it. bought it so I could look at it. I just like I don't. I love that movie, but I don't love it the way you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I'm glad that I can that score still have. God damn. I know. Also, but I just that's not one I had to have. Also, Dan, I can't tell you how much as a vinyl collector, uh, as a collector of honestly anything, you guys can probably relate to this. Like the fact that you said you missed out on it makes me just fucking gush. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy that it sold out. Uh, 
because like that's what you want I'm when so you get happy something, you're right? Miserable. Yeah, no, but that's what you want. You want something that's special that like yeah. your friends are like, "Fuck, I wish I had that." And it's like, "But you don't." Yeah. Well, I was I was at uh we have this place in the Midwest. I don't know if they've made it out to Colorado yet, but uh, it's called the CD Movie Exchange, right? So traditionally, mm-hmm. you would go in there and sell your in sync album and buy Limp Bizkit or whatever. But <laughs> it's evolved now, so you I'm could, growing up. You could still, uh, yeah. I'm, I listen to Puff Daddy now, right? So <laughs> now you go in there. It's like it's more of like a video game exchange, and they've got like a bunch of Funko Pops and other like stuff. They don't really know what the fuck to do, so they're just like. But it's really it's made shit. for like anyone that listens to this show. Like, it's a collector. Yeah, that store is made. Yeah, it's like a. You're gonna pay like. Four dollars too much for everything, but it's uh, like, where else am I going to find this exactly. locally, yeah. right? So I do all my Christmas shopping. Final there for processing, like silver shamrock, your kids, yeah, sign. That's <laughs> like twelve bucks when it should be eight. But they have vinyls there, so I was there a couple months ago shopping for your son for his birthday. Yes, and they had uh, the Friday the Thirteenth Part Three waxwork release, but they had this like, um, it was like a hologram a hologram esque like, mm-hmm. I had that one. Yeah. Uh so that mm-hmm. that was like a very limited release. Yeah, uh, lenticular. Yeah, lenticular is yeah. the uh, term I was looking for. Um and I almost bought it even though I already have three and I was like looking and I was like I can't spend I know, forty nine dollars on this. Well I, I remember when we bought ours that lenticular not only was it more expensive but it, it was, was sold like out. incredibly limited. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. What about uh, projects you're currently working on? Plug your stuff. Where can people find you? Where can people um, buy stuff? You know, mention maybe the convention you're going to be at upcoming. Um, just plug your stuff. Uh, so pretty much any social media. I mean, I have Twitter and Instagram. I have a Facebook somewhere. I don't use it that much, but it's uh, all the same name, Dirty Gnome Dan or Dirty Gnome Studios uh, for Facebook. And then my website is uh, DGS, so it'd be dgstudios.storeenvy.com. And also, if anybody's interested in um, private commission, you can hit me up on uh, Instagram and uh, we'll talk shop, see what we can come up with. I mean, I've got a few figures I'm working on. I've got actually Annabelle I'm working on. Nice. Uh, private commission and i working on uh, a grinch for a private commission oh shit and then i've got a personal piece that i've had <laughs> sitting on my shelf for like five years it's combining uh i guess it's it's a uh, it's a marvel movie character and evil dead that's all i'll say because i don't want to ruin it interesting and it's about uh 12 inches tall so what yeah like what's an average size for a uh like the the uh sculptures on your shop uh most of them are pr- it ranges from like 4 to 5 inches it kind of depends i've done um smaller ones and it's uh the blank that i use is from kid robot um and those are like two and a half maybe 3 but most of my figures are about 4 to 5 inches all right, so before we get into the movies that were selected, uh, maybe we chat a couple runners-up because I wanted to talk about a few things. Sure, go for it. All right, so I had grown up this friend group I've talked about quite a few times on the show. And this friend group, we would watch um, 
movies that were not like totally inappropriate, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre would not be viewed in this setting at the age of, you know, like nine or 10. But movies like Tales from the Hood. That was one of the very first ones I thought of. Fell right in this. Yeah. So uh, Tales from the Hood has, it's an anthology film for those that have not seen Mm -hmm. it. And uh, it's a really, it's a good one. And there is one of the, I think it's three or four sequences that occur involving dolls. And you've got these little pitter patter fucking feet in the sound. Like I could tell you maybe 10, like recollecting from being a kid, maybe 10% of what actually visually happened in the movie, but I could probably give you 80% of the sound design because the feet running these little dolls, man, like (laughs) so the sound, like I could probably recreate it um, in this basement using these microphones and a couple other knickknacks and tricks. Uh, just so burned and ingrained in my brain. Uh, so when it comes to horror dolls, like Tales from the Hood immediately, immediately comes to mind. Yeah. Yep. What about for you, Jamie? Uh, for me, probably Dead Silence. Oh, yeah. I know mm-hmm. it's more of a dummy, but uh, that counts. It's one of the first ones that comes to mind. I, almost, I mean, I almost put it on the list. So it, I mean, I think you can make uh Perfect. Any runners up uh, other than Dead Silence, Dan, that uh, come to mind that that didn't make the cut? Um, I mean, I was almost interested because I'm working on the figure to watch the Annabelle movies again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's probably the most prominent. These days, you know, it's probably dog. the most famous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Slappy? Well, it's right? just crazy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Slappy. He's like mm-hmm. one of the most. Uh, Essentially, most same as Dead Silence. Pretty much. Or you could go Anthony Hopkins and Magic. You oh, yeah. could. There's a you definitely could. I know there aren't, there isn't life to them, but you could make a case and argument for any um, kind of voodoo dolls that might exist, right? Sure. Yeah. That's a whole subculture, subgenre to the doll thing, but uh, you know that's a representation that I think exists for sure. I had seen if you like Google horror dolls, uh, the movie May comes in. Oh, which is dude. Like, ugh, I don't even like the thing. That's a, like. Whew. That's my, a stretch. My lip goes up. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. I don't, I don't even really want to think about it. That movie's fucked. Uh, <laughs> for those that haven't seen uh, it. Yes. Fucked. Very. A doll is constructed. Yeah. Not by doll parts, but by other parts that mm. have cells running through them. Mm-mm-mm. Human parts. Dan, let's uh let's jump into our first movie. Let's. You want to go chronological here, John? Um. Actually, you know what? Let's just let Dan pick. Yeah, Dan. Dan. What's our fir- what's our first one? Dan? Yeah, nominate nominate our first one. I feel like let's just do dolls because I think that one came out first. Before we go. All right, nineteen eighty six dolls. It looked like a safe haven from the raging storm. It's an odd kind of place. Folks get it from Boris Karloff. Their hosts seemed like the essence of hospitality. You can stay here as long as you like. Wonderful. But appearances can be very oh. deceiving. What's the matter? Oh man. Okay. So Stuart Gordon classic, <laughs> right? Written by uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ed Naha, I believe his name was, and it's about a dysfunctional family of three who stop by a mansion during a storm. So you've got what it's the father, stepmother, child, 
child discovers that the elderly owners are magical toy makers and have a haunted collection of dolls and a bunch of wild shit starts to unfold. Yep. So uh, I've got a million thoughts on this movie. I would say... <laughs> How about the teddy bear? <laughs> I mean, I, I, have a, I feel like of all of them, I have the most to say about this movie. But uh, Dan, let's hear from you first, man. Why'd you, why'd you pick this film? What's your relationship with it? And uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, it was, it's an, another example of one of those uh, cover art that just, it had that image that just, you know, freaked you the hell out. That freaking doll holding her eyeballs. So, yeah, I mean, dude. instantly. Oh, very prominent. And then, you know, the, the fact that they, you know, they, uh, it's a foreshadowing to what happens in the movie is even creepier. Oh, God. And it's got like half, half teeth on the cover, too. Oof. But I, it was just one of those movies I think I saw in high school among with some of these other ones. It was just like, what the fuck am I watching? This is, is you know, and it brings, it gives that little, that little, uh, uh, what you call it? Um, brings back memories. You know, every kid had some type of doll or whatever, and you would imagine what were they doing when I wasn't around. And that just that movie just takes it to a whole nother level. I mean, think of Toy Story doing that to uh, zillions oh, yeah. of kids, and in that movie, at least they weren't evil. But you had the Sid fucking neighbor who. Hey, I was like Sid when I was a kid. So. <laughs> I was. Chop, I'd blow up, my, up blow up and mess up my action figures. I was like Sid. I used to have that <laughs> that shirt too. So, yeah. And braces. So I could have been a reincarnation of, of freaking Sid. Maybe uh, one of the Disney illustrators had seen you somewhere. You were at Disney one, one day. Maybe. They were like, hey, it could have happened. I went to Disney when I was a kid. So there you go. It could have happened. Yeah, man. I So I really enjoyed this movie uh upon rewatch i'd seen it before but i've not you know i didn't give it the attention or time that i gave it on the watch through that i gave it this week and i gotta say like the the lead up felt very like rocky horror picture show they're outside these like intensely polarizing characters you've got this dad who's a shitbag you've got this stepmom that's not only like wearing a fucking babushka the whole goddamn she's not only me but she (laughs) looks like such an asshole like just uh yeah definitely she just terrible terrible character but evokes emotion it's not her doing a bad job at acting it's like no you're you're nailing it like we all hate you yeah and we're supposed to um and you've got this kid who you feel so sad for and you've got Mm -hmm. this i told jamie the 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 other guy in the film he's like this samwise gamgee like esque <laughs> just affable like uh older older you know guy probably early 30s or whatever like ralph is his name in the movie ralph and he's got this like baby face and it's just kind like childlike nature to him and he's just like such a sweetheart well also he's one of those guys who looks so familiar because he's been in literally everything like you've seen this guy a million times in like an episode of fucking matlock or something yeah um uh, and comfort like yeah he just yeah, yeah. exhibits comfort and um and then you you have all these like ridiculous character types it it feels almost like you're watching a play right the way it kind of rolls out and they come in and the, the owners of the house you can tell have this presence and they're asking these questions that are very like it's funny the way they're talking like it sounds like such a loaded burrito 
and the way that <laughs> the idiot parents are responding they're there it's like a thin quesadilla right it's like no you guys aren't in the same conversation you're talking to each other but clearly they know something and you guys are just blind ass ignorant uh and they are and i i really like the emotional setup to this too and uh the the disconnect you instantly have like you are so in the kids camp in this movie and you're so inspired to want to see her succeed through this story because her dad is such a piece of shit and her stepmom is such a piece of shit and you've got this like accessory character who's being demonized for being like basically a uh uh it's like this fucking creepy guy in here is hanging out with my daughter in the middle of the night. And it's like, well, guys, you shouldn't fucking leave your kid by herself in a room and house full of strangers. But, uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this and the dull, uh, nature to this too. I thought was, was super fun. The, like the animation is, is fun. It's exciting. It's cool. And yeah, I really enjoyed this. And Ralph's two uh, lady friends, I'm not sure what the dynamic was there. Yeah, like the I punk, swear, punk rockers or... I swear they modeled the one girl after, uh, I don't know, know her Elm name, Street. but the, no, the girl from um, Friday the 13th Part 5. Uh, the one who oh, the oh, yeah, dance. Yeah. <laughs> and as you were talking about burritos yeah. and tacos and shit, I kept thinking yeah, about enchiladas. Ooh, baby. <laughs> do you see he's he's wearing one of those shirts from uh who was it from sadistic was it sadistic artist or something someone did a uh, shirt where it said oh the enchiladas on it and they actually got the actor they yeah. sent him that shirt yeah i did see that i was like that's classic yeah that's that's just that's hilarious so good but so good. uh at the end of the movie when ralph is they let Ralph and the girl go, which is like a sweet moment where you're like, okay, yeah. I love it because like the people that died all sucked, right? Get out of here. Yeah. Um, you have the girls talking about antiquas and, or antiquas <laughs> when it's supposed <laughs> to be antique. Yeah. I was like, you deserve to die. Uh, but Ralph gets out with the girl because he's, she's a child. He's childlike and it makes him just so likable because he is childlike. He's just a big child. Uh, you know, even when he was stepping on the dolls, like that was forgivable because he was just kind of coming from a child's like, you know, frightened point of view. That's um, as that was happening. I was honestly like, imagine a, an adult responding to the situation, doing that. Yeah. Like walking around and crush, like I'm Godzilla <laughs> and I'm going to crush these dolls with my yeah, boots. Yeah. And it's ridiculous and insane, but, uh, it is so it's so good. Like all of it is, it's like a fairy tale. This whole thing. Feels yeah. It is like, like a, a fairy tale. tale. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the people that are rewarded in this story are the ones that are like, hey, we're good stewards of society. Like we have good hearts. We don't always know the right answer, but we're trying to do our best. And the people that are, quote unquote, punished, I guess, killed uh, are the, <laughs> the shitty people are the shitty they, people. They, yeah. they become dolls. Yeah. yeah. Like a little handwritten note they write that may not they may not have even written it at all because they just throw this piece of paper in the fire like <laughs> quick as fuck so that nobody can prove that <laughs> yeah. it was written. Uh, little yeah. man's just making shit up as he goes. Oh yes, they. He probably there was. is a part in here about the women. Yeah, we're bringing the friends with us. Yes. Okay, <laughs> into the fire it goes. Uh, <laughs> but like when he finally, when yeah. Ralph finally gets let go, and he's like, just like the the look, like that guy was fucking great in this movie. Uh, I told John earlier, I was like, I found myself at one one point staring at the TV because I was watching it as I was working today, 
and I'm like staring at the TV, just like smiling and like a little giggle might have come out. Uh, yeah, because that guy <laughs> is just so fucking likable in this movie. He is, dude. He's from New Jersey, right? So he's like a, he's just a dude. But he's been in so much. You're right. Like War Games. That's a very mm. important movie, right? And the past like umpteen years, like the mid to late 2000s, he was in tons of stuff like a bunch of you know TV. Yes, yeah. Like no, I feel like his character is like always eating a sandwich in one hand and like, yeah. Well, I'm trying to get the lasers focused on the uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of stuff. West Wing, Boston Legal, Nip Tuck, Grey's Anatomy, Malcolm in the Middle. So. Uh, he's yeah, he definitely is that face of of that kind of thing for sure. But yeah, I I, I was I was really glad to watch this movie. I, I enjoyed it a ton. Yeah, I love this one. Uh, yeah. This is uh, and Stuart Gordon, you know, really can do no wrong. So. It's a great pick, man. Reanimator. Yep. Yeah. From Very beyond. Big. So good. And from beyond. Com- yeah. In comparison to like. Stuart Gordon films, this this movie is very tame. So if you, <laughs> yeah, it's not as right. grotesque as some. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. if you're if you're not a huge Stuart Gordon fan because of the um, the body horror that you see, this 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 movie doesn't have a ton of that happening. A lot of focus right. on the dolls. Let's go to. They should call it the transformation. Well, yeah, yeah it's kind of body horror. <laughs> yeah, but not to the extent of those other movies for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, James, where are we heading next, man? Let's go from one with a whole bunch of dolls to one with one doll. Hmm. What movie might that be? 1988. Let's go with Child's Play. What do you say, Dan? Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I knew it! (laughs) I, I'm Chucky. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Tom Holland directed classic starring Catherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, Alex Vincent, uh, voiced by our buddy Brad Dorif. Chris Sarandon and Tom Holland team up yet again. Yet again. And for another masterpiece. Honestly. Do you would you do you like Child's Play or Fright Night more? Fright Night, come yeah. on. What about you, Dan? Child's Play or Fright Night? I love Fright Night. So, yep. yeah. I mean, I love Child's Play too, but yeah, Fright Night's it's one of the one of the tops. Yeah, for sure. It's just it, it's everything you want in a movie. Yeah, for sure. Like it's one of those movies I can throw in anytime. Yep. Sit back. Yeah, I mean, it. if I need to go to sleep, I'll put it on. If it's Christmas time and I'm baking cookies, I'll fucking put it on. <laughs> All right. So Child's Play is about a single mother. Gives her son a sought-after doll. So think of uh, being our age and Tamagotchis being the thing you want to get or Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Where the hell am I going to find it in time for well, Christmas? Well, if you grew up in right? the 80s or early 90s, we had the My Buddy. That's essentially the what My this buddy. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's what they were originally going to have. The, before they changed it to Chucky, oh, it was called right. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they had to change it because of the doll, the the actual toy. My buddy so, and yeah. me. Yep. So uh, and the name was different too. So so they're able to capture this this doll though. Uh, the mother is the sought after doll to discover it's uh, possessed. By just the shadiest and creepiest fucking b- back alley guy. Yeah, that dude is. Yeah. Oh, the the guy that sold it to. Yeah. 
crusty shit bag. Oof. But this doll's yes. possessed by a serial killer who's also this like Chicago streetwise grub who yeah. happens to practice voodoo. Um, and the voodoo so fucking random. Ha- like mm-hmm. Brad Dorif tonight, if you called him on his cell phone and were like, "Can you recite the line?" He would probably be able to do it with his eyes shut, asleep. Yeah. Like, just think of how many times he had to do that. And he in the Chucky show again, like he does it so many fucking oh, times. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. There's a whole whole lot of a uh, of a uh, of voodoo spells happening. As I was rewatching it today, I was like, nobody would fucking be able to remember <laughs> this. Mm-hmm. I was at my. I would end up as like a fucking mouse or something because I would fuck it up. <laughs> my, I was at my daughter's school. <clears throat> Uh, this week to read a book and they did a, the pledge of allegiance and i like goofed that up and i was like god i haven't done this in like 20 years <laughs> canceled yeah uh-huh. <laughs> i like messed it up at the end and i had to like lead it because i was like the parent there for you her. hate america <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man all right back to child's play so don mancini classic uh written story here Catherine hicks as i mentioned amazing chris sarandon as we mentioned also in fright night amazing and Alex Vincent, like the cutest kid ever in this movie. Um, but a- as a parent, this movie, I think, means a whole lot. Because the other, the other movies we watched uh, involved parenthood to a certain extent. But this is the one that creates like true isolated vulnerability around our main character, right? And Andy's mother. So she's a single mom mm-hmm. living in Chicago. They're in an apartment she works at a retail department store and needs coverage from her best friend, you know, as she's at work. So like you can tell um, her life is not super easy. She's she's got a she's got a plan. She's got um, her, her child's best interest at heart, but she's overworked, hectic schedule, single parent. So you really feel for her in this. And uh, you are so engaged right from the rip. Right. Because it. Yeah. It opens up after the the chase scene that happens in the very beginning and you've got this sweet little kid like making breakfast for his mother however on his birthday is it his birthday or her it's his yeah yeah, yeah. it's his yeah on his, his birthday, birthday he's doing all his work yeah you're yeah. right yeah but also as a parent that scene is the most goddamn stressful thing fucking ever that bowl of cereal he pours it's a whole box <laughs> pouring milk everywhere Burning toast, watching TV while he's working. It's like, oh my, like, please, I know you're a single parent, but you, your place will burn down. Fuck Chucky. Your place is going down because you're a kid. Uh, but th- that whole scene is super sweet. And the relationship between he and his mom is very endearing. And you really feel for her, I think, throughout the, the course of this movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I love the dynamic with, like, the best friend and the aunt. Yeah. Uh. And the character dynamic, too, between uh, Chris Sarandon, you know, the police officer, oh, and her. Oh, dude. Because he's like a... I love him in this. I'm a hard-boiled fucking Chicago yeah, yeah. cop. I'm a smoke <laughs> cigarettes in the elevator on the way down, and I won't believe you, but I know what I know. And, like, the way his transit, like, he starts to, you know, he, he's he got a well, character arc. Faces Has to. something that you can't, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love uh, the, as we were mentioning with the grimy dirty city landscape this jumps right into it from the beginning that you're fucking in cd ash chicago in the back alleys with a criminal being chased um and then just like we get introduced to back alleys and fucking shitty uh toy stores and 
I love it. I love the backdrop for this movie. Yeah, the whole feel. Yep. And the. I was. Yeah. No, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. No, no. You, uh, I was. Up. I just watching all these movies. I I want to know how many how many dolls they had to make. I know not every one of those boxes is filled with a doll, but uh, in the later movies, you you could tell they uh, made a way to do that easier so they didn't have to make a doll sure. for every one of those boxes. They had yeah. them all printed instead of them open so you could see the doll inside. <sighs> At least in, in the second one, all the boxes were printed with oh. the, the child's play or the well, that makes sense. good guy doll. Yeah. Yeah. I know this I first know one, it was probably like uh, the Dukes of Hazard car. Uh, just like a different one after every crash. All right, we need a new doll. Yeah, no, listen, our budget is only six hundred million. We just need four hundred cars. It's gonna be fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it. It's like, oh, can we do this a different way, perhaps? Uh, well, you, did, do you guys are you familiar with the, the original script that they had for that movie for Child's Play or Dirt Hazard? Because <laughs> uh, the answer is no uh, to both. To both. <laughs> Well, it's funny. It was originally supposed to be called Batteries Not Included, which oh. is a title for another movie. I was going to say, yeah, yeah it's but, like an old person movie. But the premise was like it was a, a doll kid. named Buddy comes to life after Andy mixes his blood with the doll's fake blood and then would have targeted his enemies being as an output for Andy's supposed rage. But they changed it because of the Buddy doll uh Boy, so <laughs> uh, that's so also crazy. Like, the the child's play concept is pretty dark, right? You got a fucking serial killer who knows voodoo and yeah, goes in a doll and is killing people and whispering to kids. But that's even darker. <laughs> like that's significantly darker. Yeah, blood mixing together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mix my blood with that doll's blood. Yeah, yeah. Really would put. Uh, I'm just picturing the cover of uh, that uh, Metallica album Load. <laughs> Oh, that's all I'm thinking uh-huh. about right now for some reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blood and mixed with some other uh, human yeah, some uh, liquid. Uh, yeah. yeah, That's a giant ass painting is what that's based on. Is what they took. Huh. Yeah. It's a painting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know that little uh, batteries not included tidbit, so that's that's super interesting. I, I don't, I was also reading like earlier today that uh, Brad Dorif and the special effects person that like focused on the movement of the doll and stuff. I don't, I don't, it was like very late into production that they met or something or after production or something, but they were not collectively part of the process together. So it was essentially like voiceover acting for a cart, you know, like a cartoon modern day where it's like, okay, I see this shit like running around. I'm going to read this script. Like after the fact, you'd think he would be like in the room, like, but think of how hard that would be to voice over after the filming. And then think of being that little boy, like, all right, just pretend to be scared and this uh, doll's dropping F-words and C-words behind you as he's running around, which is terrifying. Yeah. Is there one scene for you guys that, like, sticks out very prominently yeah. in this movie? I have one, too. What's, what's yours, Jamie? Mine is when the mom is looking through the apartment and he rolls out from under the fucking couch. Dude, when she looks and... He, she's yeah, seeing if he has batteries in it and then drops them. And yeah, then rolls exactly. Under. Yes. I'm right there with you. That yeah. was my scene as well. Dan, do you have a promise? I love scene? the part. I, uh, I love the part when uh, 
she puts him in the fireplace and he strikes the match and he says, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, this is the end, friend. And it strikes the match and throws it in. And it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that is a great part. <laughs> so, I actually oh, met fuck. Andy Vince it's, uh, at a convention a couple of years ago. I actually showed him one of my, I have a probably about seven or eight inches uh, Chucky doll I made from part two with the, I mean, he's got the duct tape and the blade. Yeah. Cause his hand when he cut off his hand, I actually had him sign it, but it got smeared. Oh, uh. so he, I, I know what it is, but it, it's kind of depressing that it got smeared. Yeah. But yeah, he's a super nice guy. Yeah. He's in he the, got a kick out of that. In the new that show. Figure. It's like when your friends are like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Dan. Yeah. That's his autograph. Okay. Dan. Like no, he's it's got yeah, smeared. Like, no, it's it's his. I've got a picture. I've got a picture. I got proof. I got proof. So I, I it's did. funny. He lives in Florida, so he goes to all the Florida conventions. At least mm. most of them, not all. He's in the show too, right, John? Yeah. 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 yeah he, he plays a quite a role oh, actually toward awesome. the end. Um, but I I did verify. So Brad Dorif did all the voiceovers prior to. To filming to like try and match up the movement of the voice huh. after the fact um but e- either way like that's impressive coordination uh but also in doing research and reading about this the uh the accusation so you got to think of like whoever made the grand theft auto video games right like the scrutiny that they've been under for oh my God, eternity yeah. of like yeah. all these you know th- and this is not to get in a rabbit hole on this but you know <laughs> public and in, in mass violence like hey you contributed to this sure uh this this film was under uh pretty significant scrutiny uh, about inspiring vi- violence in children um and that was a big big thing there's like a gang leader that said i'm chucky you want to play like uh i think it was in the huh. U- uk or something uh on a specific either like murder or attack that had happened and he was under pretty significant scrutiny. Um, Mancini was so. All right. Anything else on Child's Play we want to mention? I think I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Dan, you good? Oh, we're gonna I'm wrap good. it up with a doozy. Yeah. Fucking doozy. <laughs> also, the fact that this is the most recent of these three is mind blowing because uh, I, I don't will know. Say if the film quality is the worst. Yeah, of these I don't three. know if it's just the platform I watched it on or what, but this seemed like uh, to your point earlier, John. Like this was 1960 or something. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll introduce this one. You guys that. need to see the. They did a uh, Blu-ray restoration of it. Actually, looks pretty good. I'll be honest. I really do need to see that, but I will never spend yeah, that they, money it, that it probably cost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that, it's out there. If you can get it, you should. It it, it definitely makes that movie a lot. How much, John? Oh, that's got to be eight ninety nine. No, no, no. I'm saying, what would you spend? It's probably thirty nine ninety nine. Easily, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would spend like eleven bucks on this. Yeah. All right, so twelve ninety nine. After all these like really positive, <laughs> inspirational, introductory statements from Jamie, uh, we're heading to nineteen eighty nine to the David Schmuller film. Puppet Master. In a house of mysteries. This hotel seems to have quite a history, Mr. Gallagher. Who are you people? A research team with special powers. <gasps> My God. She's experiencing the past. Because we are all joined by our thoughts. 
has uncovered an ancient secret. I have something I want to show you. <laughs> Metaphysically speaking, I killed myself. But they are playing with an evil force. What would you do with the power? You can't save her, Alex. They have given life. All right. So I'll be honest. I watched this movie twice this week. Um, and I don't know up until this week if I actually like sat down and, and watch, watch, watch this movie. <clears throat> Um, and reading through the synopsis of it, I'm surprised by what I'm reading. Cause I feel like I, <laughs> I'm not certain this is what I would have described happened in this movie. That's not the synopsis I would have given, <laughs> but the synopsis is <laughs> that there are psychics who find themselves plotted against by a former colleague. And, uh, this colleague committed suicide after discover- discovering like these animated murderous puppets. So we're instantly brought into this movie by a very iconic actor and character who basically anyone that celebrates the Christmas holiday probably knows. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncle Lewis from Christmas Vacation is our, our, our toy maker uh, and psychic here. And he's the one who finds that these dolls are animated and moving. He's the one that commits suicide. And the story sort of unfolds from there. And there's a lot of, um, so the classifications of this movie are fantasy, horror, and sci-fi. And I think this movie is as much, like, that is a great description of what <laughs> genres encapsulate this movie. Because it feels at moments like you're watching Labyrinth. It feels at moments yeah. like you're watching Willow. It feels sure. at moments like you're watching Child's Play. It feels at moments like you're watching uh, just so many, so many strange uh, influences on this movie. Um, but we've got a lot of iconic, uh, dolls in this movie. So Dan, you want to give us the rundown on the, the doll characters a little bit? I know you've got a tattoo of one of them, so. Yeah. So my favorite is Blade. I mean, he's got freaking these pointy things. I don't know exactly. Spikes or something out of his eyes. And then one hand is a freaking hook. The other one's a freaking knife. So he's just a badass with blades. He's uh, and then you got uh, Tunneler, who has a big drill bit. Like, Ooh, yeah, reminds me of the thing on uh, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The, one, the Technodrome one little things. Percent. Yeah. It's like they just chopped that off, put that on there. Um, then you have Pinhead, which is, you know, it's not uh, Clyde Barker's Pinhead. It's lead opposite. It's just like dude puppet with a big body and a small head. Yeah. You have the Jester and then Leech Woman. And that, talk about a crazy freaking <laughs> doll is that, is the, that Leech Woman. Dude, what the fuck with that Leech Woman? And what's crazy about this movie is Ugh. typically even a movie like The Strangers that you watch, right? And that movie is centered around essentially random act of violence. Ugh. You don't know the motive. Leech Woman. And these people are crazy. Like, you at least in that movie infer that they're communicating amongst themselves to commit this random act of violence. Whereas in this movie, like, these dolls aren't, are not in any kind of cadence or communication. They're just waking up to wreak fucking havoc in every way imaginable and possible. And it's, it's, it's like an ant being in your house. Um, I think ants communicate amongst themselves probably more than these dolls do. Uh, but it's just the, the like the randomness of their 
their clan is like they're all physically so different from one another and they're all just like they're just to really cause problems for everybody around them hey man they gang up on all, a lot of them at least yeah. their master they gang up on him mm-hmm. yeah the uh the drill guy what did you say his name was tunneler 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 seems it's pretty appropriate uh so i I remember growing up, this came out, what did we say, 89? 89, Uh, So it was probably on HBO and let's say 90, so I would have been nine. I remember going into my family room where my stepdad was watching this movie. And um, I went in there just, I don't know, you know, just to like talk to him or whatever. And this movie was on. And uh, he was the type of guy that wouldn't tell you to leave. Like, well, if you're in here, you're going to watch it. (laughs) Kind of like I was with my kids with Chucky. so instilling the same uh, trauma yeah so i remember just like this this goddamn tunneler and i remember like as a kid being like oh well they're puppets or toys or whatever this is like funny you know they're like running through and there's the sounds yeah 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 yeah. uh and the score kind of matches it and then i was witness to some fucking ridiculous horror I, i i I don't think I saw the leech woman because that's not ingrained in my brain, but the tunneler is. Um, so puppet master has always been one of those things for me. That's like, no thanks. Like I've, I've had my trauma with this movie. I don't He's need traumatized it enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so watching it, actually, I was really surprised by uh, the way the movie played out. Actually, just like the whole thing, you know, because I, in my mind, it was just kind of bits and pieces. I did watch the new one though, the most recent uh, remake. Which is like very like Nazi heavy. I still have no fucking idea what was going on. A lot on of with them are. One. Yeah. Because it was the first one was set during World War Two. Which by the way the, uh, the first the first part of the story. I was, was. telling John earlier, I, I feel simple. I have no idea what the fuck the main story of this movie is. <laughs> I, I have no idea what the like the whole like a payoff is. I don't fucking know. I don't I don't get it really. I, I, I also I watched it twice this week. Um and I I also kind of felt simple because I was like, I, I don't, am I not, did I miss, is the <laughs> yeah, version where, that I have incomplete? It, something's missing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, during, like all the write-ups and descriptions and whatnot, Dan, to your point, uh, you know, reinforces that, that like uh, introductory sequence that happens with Andre, um, with, with Uncle Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where he shoots himself, it happens at this place called the Bodega Bay Inn, and right. it's you know, f- you know, fifty years prior to the story unfolding, essentially, which happens later. In yeah, the- it's pretty yeah. much that Toulon was the puppet master, and he discovered a way that the Egyptians could bring, they said, toys or puppets to life. So that's what he. New. That's his secret. That's why all his figures, all the toys, um, can move around because he discovered that and he put it on his figures. So that's what those people and the I think his name was uh, Gallagher. He wanted to find the secret so he could do that and he could supposedly take over the world. So that was the main purpose of that. But then, yeah, like that. I think he the killed Nazis himself. Wanted the capability right they wanted that serum or whatever so they can like, make i'm like, just gonna uh, kill myself so no one has it yeah yeah so nobody can find it he yeah. killed himself he hid he hid those dolls too in, in the wall so that nobody would find him well 
little did he know Tunler knows how to fucking get out of a wall. Like this is this is the only drywall I can get out of here. So I'm gonna Why does the leech woman produce leeches though? What what the fuck? I don't know where they come from, man, but um, And they're bloody oh my god. There are some... a crazy thing about uh sorry, real quick, about uh Pinhead is his hands are so big and all that they actually used uh uh, a little person, a lady, she was actually his hands when he was choking somebody. Oh, no mm. shit. It wasn't a puppet. So she had to kind of talk to him, and she was underneath, and she would... Yeah, so anytime mm. Pinhead's choking somebody or whatever, it's human hands. It's not a puppet. Mm. How about that... It's just um, kind of crazy. That intro scene, or not the intro, but uh, early in the movie, the Barbara Crampton appearance? Yeah, totally. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Just comes out of nowhere. You're like, whoa, what the hell is she doing in here? And how about the psychics? The things she's saying about her boyfriend in front, and he does not open his mouth that entire scene. He's like smiling and shit. She's like, no, no, she's calling him like a waste of life. He 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 barely passed. uh, He's really bad at math. Yeah, tenth grade. And he barely passed tenth grade. And also, this isn't hating on on, but the. The woman is like, he's going to work in retail. And she was like, he cannot work in retail. Like, out of Are the question. Are you kidding me? Retail sales? He didn't make it past 10th <laughs> yeah, grade. Yeah. She's like appalled by it. <laughs> I, I loved. Uh, Slapping down every prediction she had. Yeah. yeah. Not, not going to happen. So nasty about all of it. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, no, you know what? He's going to be a developer of a bunch of moles. All right, then fuck off. Yeah. And then, she, then she's like, <laughs> and she's like I'll, I'll buy yeah, that. I'll buy yeah, that. Yeah. Buy that. yeah. Retail sales, no. Mall developer, fuck yeah. I I loved, uh, th- but that just shows that was like a scene from Scooby Doo. Speaking of Scooby Doo, right? Where it's like, right. You've got the Swami like doing the crystal ball uh-huh. thing, and it's and the, these predictions and stuff, and, and you're smiling, and you're laughing the whole time. And there's like a comedic element to that, so it it went from this kind of very somber, like, oh my god, this guy just killed himself. Uh, and these dolls look like they're pissed kind of thing to then that happens. You're like, okay, we're going to have some fun here. And then the rest of the movie is like a mix between both. What? Why was that scene in there, by the way? I couldn't tell you. Is it the psychic? Yeah, I think it was the one that ends up in. Yeah, I guess it's uh, introduce that. Bring that psychic element. Yeah. 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 So how about the scene, though, in the the bedroom (laughs) when Uh they're uh, looking to be intimate? Which sometimes before the leech lady, sometimes you're like watching something and it's like, this is getting like uncomfortable to watch. I'm sitting, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm down here by myself watching this movie. And like, if my dad were to be like, Hey, I brought it over the kit. What are you doing down here? Uh, Yeah. That was one of those moments. Right. Uh, Yeah. That was certainly one of those moments. Was it the one where she's like moaning and touching herself on the bed, or was it when they were starting to get? <laughs> I mean, doing both, the nasty. Both both elements <laughs> of uh, that scene are quite uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah, Very much so. Yeah, as a parent. Also, like she had ample opportunity to untie him, and, yes. and he kept saying, "Untie me!" Like, please, fucking untie me! And she just like the. Come on. And I'll, I'm just going to say the sentence right now. I would be so mad at that point. Like it of like, wait, you hear something? What's going on? And then she gets literally tunneled in the brain and he's like, mm-hmm. all right, everything's probably fine. <laughs> and then whatever leech woman comes up and is, yeah, you're going to get sucked to death by the leeches. Like, 
<laughs> the Dude. whole scene is Ugh. so absurd. Ugh. Oh my god. All Oof. right, final Ugh. thoughts, round robin on on Puppet Master, Jamie. Uh, I'm out on Peppa, Puppet Master. I'm gonna watch. Uh, I think I'm gonna watch the sequels though. Um, how many are there? Do you know, Dan? Four. Uh, it's way more than that. I feel like there's eight. Holy right. shit! And I think I have. I think I have seven of them <laughs> on VHS. Is this your favorite of them, or do you have a favorite in the franchise? Uh I mean, the second one gets more into um, the origin of Toulon, and he actually comes back to life. Of course. And they introduce more puppets. So, I, I mean, one, two, and three, and then I think it's five. Uh, they all get pretty crazy, but mm. I mean, it's you don't take them serious. You just yeah. Did Charles Band write them enjoy all? the ride? What's that? Did Charles Band write all of them? Probably like the I wouldn't first be two surprised. He pro- probably I wouldn't be surprised. Or it could but be like I'm the Don Mancini, where he had his hand in all of them. He probably did. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, they've got so many crazy movies on, <laughs> in full in full moon. Yeah, full moon is something else. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts from from your end. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a fan. I mean, I have a tattoo of blades. So. Yeah, that tells you all you need to know, John. What do you think? Yeah. You're out, right? Yeah, I mean, sequels. You're gonna go all eight. I probably won't all watch 12? all eight, but like, I'll I'll continue to participate. I also like. I mean, they're fun. Movie. Honestly, they're fun. My problem is like the story's a little bit convoluted. I. I Again, yeah. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I feel like a simpleton, um, but much, much like I think the more you'd watch it too, you you'd catch a lot of that stuff too. But yeah. yes, I totally understand. If I you don't like, watch it a lot, yeah, it could totally be like what I the hell. Felt like Dolls was way more approachable and more not elementary, but a little less, you know, convoluted. You didn't have to mm-hmm. be super smart, like we are. <laughs> I need a character like Ralph. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I would say my initial uh like full full pass on this, I was like not super into it, but you know, much like music that we listen to and whatnot, some of the albums and bands you end up loving are the ones For that sure. took a little bit yep. of work. So And I'm that's what that's kind of why I'm thinking like if I start doing the sequels, maybe yeah. you get to a point yeah. where you're like, you yeah. know what? That first one, these I, wouldn't be the same without that now. first one. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we appreciate this prompt, man, and your time. So thanks, Dan. Again, yeah, thank you. Before we wrap, where can uh, people find your stuff? Just as a quick last plug. Uh, so Instagram, Twitter, Dirty Gnome Dan, and then I have my website, DGS Studios or dgstudios.storemv.com. I'm gonna do that every time. <laughs> You have it written in a permanent uh, marker on your wrist, and you're like, DG, oh, God, I was sweating. Yeah, today. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Uh, this was a great prompt, and I think we're going to be talking maybe some more horror dolls in a different capacity in future, but uh, great prompt. So. Yeah, man. Thanks yeah, for thank bringing you. up uh, childhood trauma uh, <laughs> that I experienced from uh, Tunnel <laughs> All right. Take care, man. Anytime. Thanks. Bye, buddy.